Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness but mostly just wallow in mediocrity with your hosts, Mike Borkfeld and Greg Cerventi. Craig. Hey, Mike. Hey, listener. How you doing? Hey, listener. Silence from the listeners. All right, I'm going to assume you're doing yeah, that. Yeah. We're, There's at least two um, of them. Well, we're going to swing straight into this. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Um, this is, you know, when we came up with this, how many, what have we done? Like 50, 60 episodes. When we came up with this Nearly podcast 60. idea. Um, this this is, movie was one of the first on the list. This must have been an early one on the list. This is, it must have been yeah. relatively... So this came out in 2013. How long have we been doing this for? Like five years? Must have been around yeah. 2017, 2018. Yeah, about five years. So relatively, yeah. relatively fresh. Yeah, I don't know how it's taken us... How has it taken us this long to do this? I was watching it, re-watching it and thinking, this is, this is, this is gold. This is just... This is, handed, <laughs> this is our job handed to us on a plate. <laughs> Um, which, this is you already. You've it's already, a uh, it's it's definitely a gem of a film for <laughs> for um, a podcast. Yeah. yeah, you've you've already seen because you've you've clicked on it, but um, listener, but yeah, but, yeah. There's no suspense. This is, this is, it's, we're doing Ender's Game from 2013, yeah. um, based on the the beloved um, Orson Scott card card novels novel Book. series yeah um yeah and uh one of us has has read these books one of them hasn't if you've listened to this podcast <laughs> before you'll probably guess that it's me who hasn't um <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough normally it's you who's read a book thing and not seen a film thing oh yeah that's I've true that's probably true the film yeah. thing and you and haven't read the book thing but in this instance yeah, I've read a whole bunch of those yeah, books. Craig's, there's, there's a lot of them. Craig's coming in. Craig's coming in with the with the advanced knowledge. I'm gonna. And be, I'm gonna I've be read along the. For the ride. Yeah, I've I've read the uh, I've read Andrew's game the book at least twice. Yeah. Um, for a long time, I had copies to loan people, and I kept buying new copies of the book because I, I had lost track of who I'd loaned the book to. Yeah. Um, and I would go and buy another copy of the book. Oh wow, it's, that's. That's, it's one of those books serious, that when I go into yeah, I, yeah, yeah it's one of those books book. that when I go into a, that's right yeah. when I go into a secondhand bookshop it's one of the books I look for on shelves yeah. in secondhand bookshops so um, not not that I own currently got it, not that I currently own a copy um, but I feel I feel like if I was ever going to illegally download a book hmm. it would be this because I've paid for it so many times and so. did did you see this movie when it came out I sure as fuck did yeah yeah I um, I went opening weekend. To, to see this film um and it was um obviously i'm plugged into to movie news sites and whatnot uh, dark horizons being my preferred movie news website uh, run by an australian um and i was actively following the production of this film and when um you know because and as a as a, um, a fan of the book every time a child actor came along that mm. was that was halfway decent i was like he could play ender so um uh, and there would all inevitably be, be some scuttlebutt in the yep. in the in the movie news world about Haley Joel Oldsmith will be playing Andrew Wigan yep. um and so yeah so the, so when this came along i don't think i'd heard of um Asia Butterfield before that um but yeah I, I was very aware of who he was when this was being made i had i had i had been reading the news i'd looked him up yeah. yeah, Jake Lloyd is mentioned on the Wikipedia as a as a candidate to, to play Ender. Yeah, and who, which could man that could 
that could have gone all sorts of ways, right? It could have been. Oh. It could have been brilliant. It could have. Been I mean, uh, I think I think Jake Lloyd gets a lot of hate because Star Wars fans are the absolute worst. Um, worse than Star Trek fans. Who would have ever thought it? Um, oh. But I, I think. I think that that's a wildly different movie to uh, Asia Butterfield yeah. who can act. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, not, not, not trying to shit on Jake Lloyd, but I, I don't think Jake Lloyd's acting is anywhere where it needed to be to pass off as, as a murderous kid. Well, you so. would, you would say, I really want to see, I really want to see what Jake Lloyd can do with, with a really good script. Right. But in that case, you Maybe. don't want him starring in Ender's game. <laughs> Oh, the big guns early. So I also saw this. Where, I also where to saw start, this when, mate? Where I also to saw this when it came out, and I, yeah, it was. I felt like it was. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't read the books. My wife had. I saw it with my wife, and um, yeah, I felt a bit, a bit lost right from, right from go, and I, I don't know if I ever oriented myself in the movie it never it doesn't follow a doesn't follow a particularly strong three-act structure through line um yeah yeah, there's a lot of which which can happen and can work brilliantly for book to movie adaptations right you have that opportunity to to break that mold but but yeah. it's you're taking a risk, and I feel like it. I, I feel like you wind up as as the audience in the movie, you you wind up a little bit Being lost, lost without that structure. Yeah, so we'll dig into some of the beats. Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to say. So for for those following along at home, first of all, if you haven't read the book from 1985 or seen the film from 2013, we are going to spoil the shit out of both. So yeah. switch off now if you want surprise endings. Uh, but two. Uh, and then so just straight off the bat from there and the first question i want everyone at home to keep in their head while we're talking about this movie is who the fuck are they making this movie for because (laughs) it's it's either for super fucking fans of the book like myself and 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 believe you me there's at least five books in the ender series there's another five books in the bean series and there's all the different retellings of every point of view you could possibly fucking hope to imagine about battle school and ender wigan from minor characters who don't even actually even feature in the first book at all so again who the fuck are they making this movie for (laughs) because if mike who hasn't read the book (laughs) doesn't know what's fucking happening in the movie then what the fuck the, is going wrong? The guy, the guy who washes the jock straps after, <laughs> after the battle school has his own book. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk about the books a bit later. I've got a bit to say oh, about the books, and I, and obviously, hey, we'll just we'll just address it straight up front. Orson Scott Card, trash fire of a human being has some fucking archaic beliefs about gay marriage and um and and lgbtqi plus rights uh obviously mike and i do not support uh anything that he has to say uh but i think there is definitely a discussion that we can have a little bit later on about uh, separating the art from the artist um so but yeah just saying that up front we do not support um stealers books uh, he doesn't deserve any more of your money. <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I was interested to read that this 
this bombed at the box office. It didn't. It didn't do well, and that may have been in part to to a boycott um, that was was organised in in response to to that that homophobia. Um, those yeah, homo, those homophobic yeah, views right. and anti gay marriage views. I I, yeah, I, I would have hundred percent. I would not have been surprised that it bombed just because it's just because it's not. It's a tough watch. Um, it is a tough watch. I. I I had to watch it in two separate <laughs> so, sit downs. So did I. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't get through it. I, I got. I got. A, I got to an hour through, and I, I had to stop. Oh, me I had to, too. I, had to take I got a break. to. Yep, I got to one hour and three, and then I decided that I'd rather play Resident Evil. <laughs> we're at, okay, we're at almost exactly the same point where we where we quit, and then we quit this I, movie. And then came back. And then I picked it up again the next day and I got to about an hour and 30 and fell asleep. (laughs) And then I had to, I woke up and had to rewind. So, oh, yeah. So, where where do you start? So, yeah, but didn't do do well at the box office. Um, And I, like, right from, and I remember this feeling from watching it, right from, from, so the first 10 minutes, the, the pace is relentless. It's, it's all and i went back and i counted there are nine scenes in the first 10 minutes they they are definitely trying to get you to battle school as quickly as as quickly as possible but they just they just jam it in so nine scenes and about half of them maybe five of those nine scenes ender is either being threatened or or physically harmed in some way he he comes in from from the word from the from the very beginning those first 10 minutes he is he is getting he's getting the 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 tracking what do they call it the monitor the, the, the monitors yeah. yanked out of his neck the lady says it's not going to hurt at all and it's, he screams and obviously it's i have a, like i have hell. a note about that yeah <laughs> i have a note about that in my notes it's like this won't hurt a bit is is film code for this is going to hurt a yeah. lot <laughs> He's he's threatened by the bully, and then he actually has an altercation with the bully. Um, he gets threatened by um, his brother Peter. He gets beaten up by this by his brother. He is he is. It's just it's 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 relentless, and you don't know. Yeah. You don't learn anything about Ender in those ten minutes. He is other than that. Other than that, he has a horrible life. Uh, I mean that's in, that's consistent with the book. So I think I think by page eleven in the book, um, Peter is having a fight with his brother. Sorry, uh, Ender and Andrew Ender is having a fight with his brother Peter, and they're playing buggers and astronauts, which is in the book the formics are called buggers. Uh, so because you can because Andrew Scott Card is a is a homophobic piece of shit. Um, I can see why they left that he, out of the movie. They left that out of the movie. And um, he, I think by by page five in the book, Ender has has had his first confrontation hmm. uh, with with a bully. Um, you know, he tries to talk the bully out of it. He tries to talk the bully down, and then ultimately he beats the ever loving snot out of this bully, hmm. um, and and doesn't doesn't relent. So once he starts, he keeps going because hmm. that's what we like to call foreshadowing. Yeah. None, none of those nine scenes really, I mean, yeah, nothing, you don't really learn anything about Ender in any of them. He doesn't have a save the cat moment where he does anything remotely endearing. 
He's no. he's just a he's just a bullied kid. You're just meant to identify with him and support him because he's the protagonist. And you're right; they're trying to get him to battle school as quickly as they can, but uh, and, and try and try and swing through as much exposition as they can. Um, and they and they do to their credit; they get him to battle school in ten minutes. But there's nothing that you would call an inciting incident. Nothing that really starts it off. Starts yeah, off the his yada journey. yada, the former convasion as well. Like, um, yeah, they, that gets they, about they a thirty really second sort of yada yada. They get about, yeah. It gets about a thirty second prologue. The the whole yeah. history and the Mazarakum, um backstory. Um, Remind me to put a pin in Razor Mackam and circle back to that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm as a as a New Zealand as, 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 as a, a New, New Zealand, Zealand podcast. <laughs> we need to. We, <laughs> We need to talk Look, about Mazer Rackham. Okay, okay, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll, we'll circle back on yeah. that. We're we're not <laughs> we're not going to forget to talk about Mazer Rackham. Um, yeah, so right right from those first ten minutes, and you'll you'll hear the the turning of this page. I should just point out, I um I ran out of pages in my notebook, and when I went to watch this, I realized I didn't have a um I didn't have a notebook, so I grabbed one of my kids' scrapbooks. So I wrote my notes in an enormous Scooby Doo scrapbook. So this is an I mean that this is, is an audio that is so appropriate. This is an audio yeah. medium, but you can hear me turning my turning my page. It's because I'm it's because I've written in a huge scooby-doo scrapbook <laughs> anyway I, I, i've never heard of anything more appropriate for a movie podcast in my life than the scooby-doo scrapbook so he's at so he's at battle school he's at battle school after about after about 10 minutes he's in he's in the flight to battle school and yeah. um um graf throws him under the bus and and uh, and instantly you so you know everything you need to know about about graph at that point which is which is cool we can circle back on graph and harrison ford's performance there as well but um yeah from there on what movie was he in what 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 yeah well that's, that's another pin we got we're, we're building up we're building up pins they do uh, um uh, I'll, look, I'll, let's swing through it real quick he's in the bite by, by 18 minutes they are in they're in the battle room and the the absolutely stand out no question the best thing about this movie is the battle room sequences uh, it's a big part of the book yeah they look magnificent each of those each of those sequences is chef's kiss that's they look they look amazing well funny you should say it looks amazing because one of the production companies involved in the making of this movie was a crowd called digital domain uh, and Digital Domain are not a movie studio. They're mm. an FX house. They're James Cameron's, or they were okay. formerly James Cameron's FX house. James Cameron set up Digital Domain to do the special effects for The Abyss, I think, uh, and then used the development that he had found in The Abyss, in the Abyss to do Terminator 2. Uh, and so for a while, they were on the cutting edge alongside Industrial Light and Magic, um as the most um impressive visual effects studios in hollywood so you said it was an independent film i suspect strongly that digital domain participated in this and contributed money to the making Mm. of this film one because they liked the property but two they wanted to show off their amazing digital Mm. effects uh, and so i suspect very strongly that it was in their best interest to make this look amazing and oddly you should say that that it looks great um because uh that's one of the notes i made is that the battle room 
uh, looks amazing. Um, yeah, and, and it's it feels like the it feels like why this movie was made, and it probably is. That's probably true. Like you say, they're a big, they're a, they're a big feature of the books. Um, they're almost the well, what my wife told me it was. They're almost the point of the books. Is the yeah the, the battle the room intrigue. takes there's, up? There's a lot more. I yeah. think there's about four. There's maybe three or four battles. There's the or scenes in the battle room. They there's the scene where he's introduced to the battle room and they shoot each other in the leg yeah. and see how it works. It was all exposition. Yeah, it's cool, but it's just exposition. Um, then there's his first battle with uh, what do they call the yellow crew? Um, um, not salamander. Not salamander. That's I the forget. new one. I forget. Yeah. what the yellow one is. Is it tiger? Or leopard. I think they have, they have one. They have one battle in his first crew, and then he gets promoted. Then he gets moved. He gets moved to the Salamander crew. They have one battle yep. in the Salamander crew, um, where he he rescues um, Petra, and he gets into trouble with the 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 leader Bozo. Bonzo. Bonzo. Um, Bonzo. Bonzo Madrid. And that's his name. And then he gets his own. He gets his own crew, the Dragon Crew, and then they have a battle as Dragon Crew. The third. The third battle. So there's so there's four scenes essentially in, in yeah. the battle room, and that's the and last one. There's, the there's, fourth one with dragon. There's crew. a training montage in the um, in the book as well, kind of where um, they don't they, they do a poor job of explaining it, but he he manages the the leaderboard. The all of battle school is is dictated by the the leaderboard, yeah. and the leaderboard takes on a huge significance because it's all about the number of wins and losses, and in um, in the book it quickly becomes apparent because he's had zero losses um that he, he immediately jumps up on the leaderboard from from zero to hero really fast and continues a meteoric rise to the top of the board where, where he finally has a um a, an ultimate showdown with two and the, i think the movie does this poorly we're getting stuck on detail but um they keep they keep changing the rules of the battle um of, of and he keeps getting um it keeps getting harder and harder and harder for him to win because they keep changing the rules against him mm. um and uh you know not telling him when the battles are and springing them on him and but and they do a really good job in the book at least of of isolating him which i don't think they do in the film at all um and pushing him to breaking point mm. so uh, but yeah ultimately the battle the battle room in the book is as much is as big a part of this as, as they make it mm. in the film and it, but again it, they yada yada a lot through it yeah it create it creates the pace it creates the second act like it, it reminded me of um um braveheart where the the battles become the the the, pa- the, the pace yeah yeah the, the re- they, they swing they move the movie forward which I think they do here, and yeah, there's 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 a lot a lot that there's still missed opportunities. I say they're brilliant, like brilliant by like the best best part of the movie. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of they. I mean, they hint at the pressure that they're under. Um, but that's so. I'll get I'll get to that. I'll I'll, I'll touch on that. They hint at the pressure. They don't hint. They he outright says he says it in his. Um, and his letters, his emails that he's writing back to his to, to Valentine, he says we're under tremendous pressure, um, and he you know, he explains and he and he does get woken up at three a.m. for one of his one of his battles, and so you you kind of get that sense, but it's that 
they've obviously they've dialed it they've dialed it back i i feel because it's it's depressing it's hard to watch but it's still depressing and hard to watch because you there's there's never any levity there's there's never any moments where they do what they enjoy on this in his free time he goes and trains he trains with petra and there's a whole thing in the in the in the salamander crew sequence where it's uh, that's the conflict with bonzo is that he's training and his training in his free time he's training with petra bonzo um hates him for absolutely no reason i guess that's the point um because so everything the is everything they, is engineered to make everybody hate that's right in um, in the book Ender. um one of the, they they talk about that graph and i think anderson i think they are that they're like this the narration that 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 punctuates scenes like that the scene opens you'll get a bit of dialogue between anderson and and graf um i think it's anderson yeah um, it is yeah um and and that that will that that sets up a lot of like what's happening in the background like oh you're isolating him and it's like he he needs to be isolated he needs to know that he, he needs to know that he can't rely on anyone else he needs to make the decision himself um and like that 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 punctuates it so you as the reader know what's happening and and are aware that like everything is being set up Hmm. to to make him as miserable as he can be because they need to know can he survive can he can he make the right call can he operate under pressure the film doesn't do any of that Um, as well as the viewer as the as the viewer you, you it's it's horrible to watch and, it's, and maybe that it's, it's hard to it's watch. hard to watch it's, it's you, like you, both of us turned it off after an hour we're like this there's just no levity here there's there's no let off it's relentless and i, I guess that's that's how they're trying to convey that yeah but it, you can do that in a book but you you can't do that in a movie you need you need it's break you need break points breaks yeah and you need you need some fun you need you need to be able to watch that and go and and have fun with that character you need to be yeah. able to at least celebrate the win before they pull the yeah. rug out but the film i unfortunately is pulling the rug out from under you before yeah. you've even had a chance to enjoy it so, so like, the the movie i was thinking of the most um when i was watching this is starship troopers which hits yeah. almost all the same story beats as far as <laughs> as far as war starts um, a, yeah. a bunch of a, 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 a bunch of heroes go and enlist to the army to go and they they go through a whole training full metal jacket boot camp type sequence and then they go off to war and then they fight the aliens um <laughs> with the uh with the with the um the meanest screw to ever walk the yard as your drill, instru- drill <laughs> uh, instructor um the kurgan from highlander himself his name escapes me right now but that actor it's is clancy clancy brown. clancy brown clancy brown <laughs> also mr crabs on sponge oh my god sponge so good square pants <laughs> money 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 <laughs> clancy brown oh my god that movie and that 90210 cast yeah, holy I, shit yeah I, oh my god I, I don't want to go too far down but the Starship Troopers though, like the, hole, Starship Troopers, it's, it's uh, yeah, specifically... Starship Troopers, it's, neo-fascist yeah, culture, right? It specifically so like, drops it, in story beats to, to, with, to with, where they lighten they lighten the tone. They have fun. Yeah. Whether it's... Okay, and they're, they're adults. You can't do this. You can't do this with kids, but they have there's kind of moments of sexy time. There's the moments where they're all in the, sh- in the shower. There's the after one of the after one of the training exercises they 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 just have a party and, and the commander like 
here's the here's the entertainment here's the beer it just it busts out all this stuff and they have they actually have a party and this yep. oh my god i want this i want something fun something enjoyable i, I to feel happen. i feel like i feel like the director and and uh, gavin hood um was very much like well the book is just relentless foot on the gas the entire time and um and he said well our movie needs that too foot on if, the gas if, the entire time even if it's even if it's like and it's it ties to what i said in the first 10 minutes about not really knowing what ender is about not knowing anything about what his character is it needs that moment that war movie moment where where the they're sitting around and what's he fighting for hey what are you what yeah. are you for, fighting for chuck oh you know i got a yeah, i yeah. got a girl back home she's real pretty <laughs> i got a girl in the truck we're gonna we're gonna go and raise some goats out on the farm and, oh how about you wait how about you've got a girl that is a truck <laughs> no i've got a girl and a truck how about you oh Bill? you got both oh. i see you one of them rich fancy people <laughs> does say something about the nature of war being fought by poor people but yeah sure um no i it's, i agree and um yeah what is what is he what is he fighting for what is he why is he even there he quits several times he quits like he tries well he definitely quits and they have to talk him around yeah um both times yeah uh that's yeah the again the book does it a lot better um and it the book does have a you know a, a dystopic feel about it the entire way through um i just yeah the movie i think it fails at that point right there because as you said there is no save the cat moment there Mm. is no there is no brevity there is no chance to come back and feel entertainment or joy in ender's success because he does and and the book the book has ender succeed when all the odds are stacked up against him and they do change all the rules to the point where he can't win literally Mm. can't win and yet somehow rather still manages to win Mm. um and there are touching moments in the book that fail here in the movie where you where you feel incredibly um sympathetic to his plight um because he is just in the book and he's younger in the book he's six mm. um in the book where you where you are reminded that he is six years old and dealing with situations that most adults would not be able to function mm. in. and like the sympathy is there it isn't uh, here in the film i mean it's got to it's got to come from the relationships right and he does yeah yeah he he, he forms relationships so they initially one of the well, reading on wikipedia one of the one of cause orson orson scott card himself wrote some scripts for this and he said he initially yeah. he initially leaned on the relationship with bean that was changed to be more about the relationship with petra again they're all they're all pre-teens that can't really get romantic um but but you age it up a little bit for the film and suddenly they're 13 14. yeah that's the yeah that becomes the re- and then you that cast becomes the relationship. academy award nominee Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. you don't really so she's not she doesn't appear until so it's 30 well yeah once he gets moved into salamander which is 34 minutes he meet he meets her they form they form a bit of a a bit of a bond but they don't really bond over anything other than just no. training and a will to succeed and to succeed. win i i suppose she's meant to be the sister so um and then the relationships yeah. with all of the other boys uh, with all the other kids so it's always the peter valentine relationship where the the older bigger boy is meant to be the antagonist bully and then you have 
the the nurturing hmm. um, mother figure in Valentine who is sticking up for Ender, uh, which is which is weird. One of the one of the cho- choices made in the film in the casting of um, Bonzo is um, or Bonesaw. Um, uh, is how it seems to be pronounced in the film um, is they cast a, a clearly older but much physically smaller yeah. actor than Asia Butterfield and um, in the book he is both older and bigger mm-hmm. Ender is always portrayed as the underdog mm-hmm. and um, and here they cast they cast a short kid to or they put Ender on a box whatever it is they did but they, they, they play up the fact that he's physically smaller than ender which um which changes the dynamic there but all of those relationships that he has are either with um peter or it's valentine Mm. and um and that's that's what the the film's definitely trying to hammer that in uh and the book does it too but um it's just again you're right even when so he wins the he wins his his first crew he wins them over right He's, he's made unpopular by Graf when he first yeah. meets them, but he wins he wins them over in the in that I guess you call it the first act before he gets moved. He, they move him out to Salamander Crew because he's gotten too close to, to that other crew, um, and they need they need him they need to separate him from those others. Well, they yeah yeah they, is, they don't want him, which is kind of the first. They don't want him relying on people. Yeah, it's kind they of want him. Kind of the first turning point is when they all come and join him at the lunch table. That's thirty minutes in. But he, the way that he achieves that is, um, it's, 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 there's a, there's a chance for that to be a real victory, for that to be like a, a real, like a, a real high point before you swing that and swing the hammer across to the salamander. But the, all he does mm. to, all he does to win over his crew is, is, is challenges the, he challenges Graf and the sergeant about, um, their emails getting emails. blocked, yeah. and it made me think of um, made me think of the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, it was obviously a brilliant movie, or perfect movie, and the the that moment that he wins over those, which is you know similar about being confined and being finding joy in a in a grim, horrible situation, and and the Shawshank Redemption is probably around the same point in the movie, up maybe a little bit later, um, but he. You know, he wins over the moment because he, um, they're on the roof, tarring the roof, and he, he, um, again, Clancy, uh, he again challenges Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Um, Clancy Brown yep. is owning this podcast. Um, and he, he challenges Clancy Brown, and the, he offers to do his taxes for him. But he says, That's right. he says, I'll do it for you if you get two beers for me and each of the guys working. And that, which ties to the ties to the the theme of the movie, um, about kind of feeling, finding ways to feel free, even when you're even when you're imprisoned, even when you're in a shitty situation. But it's also like it's 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 relatable, and they actually say it. Like it, they they feel like Rhett in his narration. He says we could have we could have just been six like six guys just fixing fixing one of our buddies a friend's roof roofs. yeah while they're, yeah. they're having that beer he gives that he gives that gift he puts himself in threat puts himself at risk the same way that ender does but he actually he wins something where yeah. ender doesn't ender doesn't win shit 
Um, no. They they give him a, a a nod of respect, like hey, thanks for trying, but it's not it's not really a it's not really a thing. It's got nothing to do. Well, I guess I suppose it's got a little bit to do with like their treatment by the military as as units of war, yeah. not as human beings. And he's like, we're human beings. We need to be able to email our families. But just it's so visceral in the Shawshank Redemption. Beers on a after a hot day of work drinking a cold beer with your buddies yeah and that's that's how you feel free it's yeah it's it's something you can buy into and i get wanting to you know wanting to send an email to your family it's uh, like they're going for something there and it, it just it falls really really flat it does this 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 whole sequence of of the film just falls really really flat and feels like they're just rambling towards an inevitable conclusion yeah. that they haven't justified or earned. yeah they're just they're going from one battle one battle to the next it feels in that in that battle the battle room and it feels it, it for me it strikes the right wrong tone too so i mean if you if you're going to tell a relentless story with kids being pushed beyond beyond their limits um then make it depressing make it then make it hard to watch <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than making it like fun and like i mean don't get me wrong i like i like the look of this film a lot i love the costumes i love the look of the space station it feels like a space station it feels futuristic like all of that looks great the production design looks amazing everything in this film looks amazing but at the same time like it's all light and fluffy there's no darkness yeah. to it and, I, and again the book the book doesn't shy away from the fact that you've got murderous kids. The book shows that these kids are so, so smart, so vicious, um, and so um, uh, determined on winning at all costs that they're actively trying to kill each other. Mm. Um, and the bullies are not just coming along stealing your lunch money. There is real threat um, from the bullies in the book. Uh, and so when Ender Ender eventually fights back and. Um, and you know wins not only this fight but all the fights um as a reoccurring theme in the book strike first strike hard um real karate kid you know mm. make sure they never strike back sort of stuff um it has it has weight uh, whereas in the film it doesn't mm. and um and i guess that's that's never is that more and uh, again I, we're spoiling the shit out of this we're, we're at battle school the the two kids that in the book in the film that Ender gets into a confrontation with the the kid at the at the beginning and the and Bonzo, um, their fates the kids' fates are not made aware um, to Ender or the audience until quite a lot later in the book. He kills them. Both of them die. Um, and uh, in the book, it it's it's made out to look, especially this, with Bonzo, that. Um, uh, he fell over and hit his head, but the book it's made clear it's not an accidental thing, um, or or you know where we can feel some moral absolution uh, and feel still feel good about Ender not being murderous. In the book, Ender Ender kicks him to death, um, and uh, that's made perfectly clear, mm. um, and that that's part of the magic is 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 not the the feel good you know we you know we're fighting the good fight story. It's the we're using kids to fight our wars. Mm. Oh, and I mean, just just while we're talking about that, the the film doesn't actually ever make particularly clear why um, they are using children beyond saying military strategy and getting them young. 
The movie makes the book makes it abundantly clear why children are preferred to adults when fighting the formics because the formics um, they make it they establish it pretty early. They don't really hide it, but the idea that they're a hive mind um, and that they're thinking all at once in all places uh, and together, whereas the humans can't. Mm. But what the humans do that the formics can't pick up on is the creative, uh, inspiration-driven, mm. spur of the moment thinking that children do very, very well. Well, at least they establish in the book that children do very, very well um, and are able to improvise and, um, and adapt faster than the formics can. So that's why children are preferred. And children have officially run their clock out when they hit about 13. Mm. Um, and, then, and then it becomes entrenched thinking. So that's why the kids are so preferable. The younger, the better. So again, Ender is, Ender is nine at the, at the end of the book. How old are the, how old what's how old would you say the kids are in the movie? At least some of them some of them are definitely about eighteen. Um, but uh, I think the kids the kids are all I think in the movie they're all about I guess they're between twelve and 15, yeah. right? Um, so like you think of something definitely like, old enough to be having high school drama. Think of something like Full Metal Jacket, which which plays out that specifically that like the military and how it treats treats the soldiers as units units of warfare and any if they're lost along the way then so be it that's that's how you make that's how you make soldiers that's how you make units of warfare and we need units of warfare mm. to wage this war we, ne- mm. we need to make some and that's going to involve some that's going to involve some losses and that's the that's the price we pay yeah I mean that's that's literally the the book. Like this is how you win, and this is this is the cost. Yeah. If you have to if you have to press gang children in the military service, uh, so be it. And I mean, it's far from a science fiction premise, right? There are children right now in Africa with AK forty sevens killing people. So yeah, child soldiers. Depressing. I so um, should we carry on should we talk about the ending or do you want to talk about some of these other some of these other characters we talked about we talked about um ender a bit we could talk about some of the supporting cast or we could talk about the so ending being oh we can oh let's talk about the ending and we can come back and talk about some of these all characters. right so the yeah the, that's the other big part big issue i have this what they do with the ending and so i experienced this differently from you not knowing what was not knowing what was coming and i I don't Again, know who were they making this film for people who have never read the book or people mega fans of yeah. the book because yeah it was interesting because the first thing I asked you when I, when you told me you had not seen this film or read the book was was the ending a surprise yeah. were you surprised by the ending? so what we're what we're talking about is uh, after after the midpoint um, at about he has he has a he has a breakdown after he essentially paralyzes it, it turns out he kills Bonzo. He has a breakdown, which he doesn't know about he, in the book. He 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 quits. And he gets sent home. Graf flies in to bring him back, um, but he goes. They, they don't go. He doesn't go back to battle school. He's going to command school, um, the, and and the and shit's just got real. So we're we're es- we're escalating, and um, they're actually he's actually learning to fight the enemy, um, and and this culminates. So there are. A couple of exercises that you're you're we're we're privy to. Maybe only one, actually one 
battle and then there is a what they what they refer to as the, a couple of simulations and then there's what they refer to as the graduation battle which comes at about 85 minutes um, oh and we we now meet razor Mackham. yeah we'll we'll talk to we'll talk about we'll talk about rackham um in a bit as well but uh so, so here's the end of the movie for about 20 minutes um uh, but so the graduation battle comes at um yeah 85 minutes in and it, you, you're told or um ender is told and we the audience thus are told this will be this is the final battle if he graduate if he succeeds in this battle if he wins this battle he will have graduated and then he will he and his crew will be ready to go off and face the formix um they do win the battle uh through they're fighting this all through through drones that they control which obviously takes the 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 dramatic tension is all kind of experienced at, at a separation no one's none of the cast are, are, are in are so, risk so, but what you yeah. what you discover after he wins that battle he's celebrating all of the other he's had to sacrifice some some uh ships a large some, portion of some ships and some crew some crude ships in the simulation but okay that's a simulation he's celebrating and then he turns around and all the audience of the bigwigs who are watching are all kind of grimly looking on um and it becomes clear through through the camera feed that this wasn't a simulation this was the final battle he has he has won the final battle was on the home planet of the formix which he has destroyed he has wiped out this race he has committed genocide um against this in, against in, the species in the book they uh they describe it as xenocide um uh, which ah, I, which I like right yeah right yeah xenocide that's the name of the second book is xenocide and and yeah. and so obviously they had it they had a choice here where they cho- they chose for the the audience to find out at the same time as Ender, and maybe that maybe there are clues. I, do, I don't know, but I didn't I didn't catch that this was going on until until it's revealed uh, to Ender. I, I didn't realize that that, that, that this was the this was the that switch. There were real people. This was the switch. This yep. was the twist. This is this is not a simulation. This is real, and they have to do it this way because <clears> they are afraid that Ender won't kill at the. He won't destroy the the formix at the point where he has the chance um, um so, so 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 they have the, the so book. the filmmakers have the choice right they can they they have the choice to let the audience ex- experience that reveal at the same time as ender but take away like the audience experiences that battle as the penultimate battle where th- th- at the moment you find out that the formics have been destroyed you are shift your your perspective shifts and that battle that you have just watched thinking like this is the beginning of the third act there's going to be a there's going to be more after this there's going to be a climax you've now passed the climax in the movie you've realized you just yep. watched the climax but you just didn't know that was what it was and so you yep. get the you get the pathos you get to experience that thing with ender but you are thrown into no man's land in the movie because now, now you you thought there was a climax coming up, and now you're at the epilogue. That's right. That's that's how the book goes as well. Yeah. So the book the book presents it as simulation. Yeah. Um, but goes goes a long way to 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 show that it's simulation. You never get a POV of the battle happening, which the film gives you. 
all all Ender ever sees is um, you know bright lights on a screen representing his ships, um, and the the battle takes the same um, the same cadence as the as the battle room um, battles do, where the first ones seem overpowered um, because because of the way that faster than light travel works the the ships that are um, the, the the fleets that he's commanding get less and less technologically advanced uh, the further and further from earth they get because those were the ships launched first and so the ships at the back are the really mm. high advanced um, and they have all of the new toys but the ones at the front are like the first generation model and they they don't have the same level of of performance um, so the battle gets harder, not only because the formics are getting are preparing for the onslaught, but our the ships get older in technology as they, as they get towards the front of the line, mm. um, and so the battle gets harder and harder and harder until finally it's the it's the ultimate battle um, at the ultimate test, and he's fighting with ships that are very very old, um, and he doesn't but he doesn't know any of this, and then finally he he thinks he's cheating because he pulls a move from battle school which is the he clumps all the ships together to protect the the little doctor device the molecular disruptor device uh and then he just he knows he just needs to have it hit atmosphere because then he can fire it at the planet and um destroy the planet so that's the going through the the gate um not defeating the army but like you know sneaking somebody mm. into the enemy gate which is something he does in the book and they kind of allude to it which is the the echoing of those scenes mm. right um and um but then yeah he thinks he's in trouble because he cheated um and uh and then that's so there's a, a lot of the tension is that he's going to get thrown out of battle school because the adults are all conferring with their backs to the glass um so he can't see what they're doing and talking about um, the, the the end results is the same is that it turns out and, and there's a couple of hints in the book that someone said someone notes that they thought they heard someone talking um, uh, that wasn't in the room mm. and it turns out that's a pilot or, or a starship fighter a starship mm. pilot uh, so there's this whole idea so that they have an inkling that something's not right because sometimes the ships don't do what they tell them to do um, and so, and that, that'll be the, the crew on the ship resisting command. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really tragic in the book because then you find out that not only has, not only has the loss of life on the, uh, in the fleet been catastrophic, but he is also now completely wiped out an alien race. Mm. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I think, you know, you don't just don't have the same expectations of, the, the the moments and the pacing and the rhythm of a book that you do for a movie to just be yeah to just be shunted and realize that the movie is is now over um yeah well the, i mean the book the goes thread, on for the another thread, couple the of thread chapters. is gone but you haven't had a you yeah. haven't had a, a climactic battle yeah so i struggled with the film um because like i knew what the ending was so i mean that's that's my bad for having read a book but um uh, but I, I guess the real the real struggle for me was like, yeah, and and you said it. You were surprised. You you hmm. were like, oh, okay, he's he's wiped out an alien race. Neat. Um, so you you thought that was a surprise. So that works. Hmm. Okay, because yeah, that was one of my one of my notes here is that the ending, they telegraph what's happening in the ending. So I was like, they shouldn't be telegraphing what's happening. Um, I think that ending would work better if it was played more like a like an eighties movie where 
where the drama and tension happens in the room and you never see the alien space battle but i guess it's 2013 you can't you can't have digital domain not having an alien space battle um you have to have the alien mm. space battle mm. yeah um and now now what which is a shame what happens what happens after that battle in the in the in the book so in the book um uh basically all of the because all the world unites against the formix uh, and so the international fleet is created and it's a multinational thing the, all, all geopolitical um wars um stop and they all focus everyone where everywhere focuses on on defeating the formix um to, to to fight all the fights as soon as the formix are um destroyed as soon as that happens um that alliance breaks down and um they immediately start uh, fighting with each other again all those mm. old um geopolitical uh, um divides um come back into play and the um uh the the kids are are all sequestered away because um all of the the geopolitical factions are vying to get their hands on these commanders these kids from ender's squad um to to whisk them away into their armies in in on earth and ender is ender is basically um separated from them uh, and and is effectively given like in the film a ship to send off into to send them off into space um because he's he's done enough and and nobody wants him on earth because of of what he's mm. done which is the the zender the xenocide mm. um and so he he is allowed to effectively fly off and do whatever he wants um and so the book um you you find out in the books that um he, he the colonized worlds that the formics had because they've got a compatible biology to us um the humans go and take over these now dead colonies um so humans are spread out, spreading out through the through the universe um and ender is on a planet and he's he's um, he is drawn to a, a location that looks like the the mind mm. game which he's been playing much like the film and he finds the the the, the uh, queen egg um and he takes the queen egg with him and um the last one of the last pages in the book is him releasing the queen egg on a colony world that is very favorable to the formix mm. and he he gets his redemption because he he gets to re reintroduce the formix um and to to live down his xenocide um label ender ender xenocide yes there's something I, again uh starship troopers something that starship troopers does really well is is like how the the geopolitics what's going on on earth uh, and mm. and what's what's being portrayed in the media how that affects the soldiers and what mm. their how what they are what how how their experience is then fed fed through that media machine and back to the back to earth as well and how that how their story is told and framed well that's um that, that's the the book also has the peter and and valentine play major parts in that on earth because they're every bit as brilliant as ender just one of them too passive and one of them too aggressive mm. Um, and Ender is the, the the happy median between the two, but Peter goes on to basically become the ruler of the world. He becomes the hegemon, hmm. um, and uh, Valentine. Between him and Valentine, they use the, the the news nets 
to sway public opinion uh and they orson scott card effectively predicts the the rise and um, influence of social media Mm. and how someone someone using social media effectively um in a coordinated effort can can um swing public opinion one way or the other and so yeah the books go on with um peter becoming a big player right um yeah yeah Yeah. and as he as he gets older he he mellows um in a a very um clockwork orange style way he he mellows as he gets older um and that sets up so in the book um peter and andrew wigan uh, ender have a reconciliation of sorts where um uh, peter wants andrew to tell his story but to to not leave out the gory bits to, to, to tell, to become effectively what is in the book called a speaker of the dead, um, mm. to tell the story of the dead. Um, and, uh, so Ender becomes a quasi priest, um, in, in the, in the oh. sequel books, which are, which were kind of written the treatments for, for which were written before, um, Ender's game. Um, and they, they, they spend a lot of time talking about the nature of alien and, um, uh, higher thought yeah, and conscious okay. thought and yeah so they become real science fiction after that but yeah yeah there you go all right cast so uh, we let's talk about let's, yeah, talk, the about, cast. let's talk about this cast <laughs> let's talk about some of these characters um we mentioned <laughs> we mentioned harrison ford as holy as shit graph <laughs> i like i think he i i just I don't think he ever. I don't think the director ever told him whereabouts in the movie each scene he was playing was going to be. He just plays he everything just the same, plays, right? He's it's just got that absolutely one look, and I I get really <laughs> sick. Another other reason I had to turn it off was because I couldn't have one more kind of Graf and Anderson kind of looking gr- looking grimly at each other, going, oh, "We're pushing him too hard." <laughs> no, he's got to learn to be tough. <laughs> It's, it's exactly the same scene. They probably shot all of their scenes in about two days. Him and Viola Davis, yeah. the criminally underused Viola Davis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, a lot of my notes here are um, one I had forgotten that Haley Steinfeld was in this. Uh, so this is a couple of years after her Academy Award nomination for True Grit, where she absolutely captivates. Oh, she is just the best thing on screen at all times. She is. So so fucking amazing um and she is typically the best thing about anything she is in um uh, it is criminal how talented she is um and then asia butterfield again he was very nearly spider-man hmm. um he he was he was in hotly in in the running for spider-man and he is he is absolutely standout in uh the netflix series sex education he is he is absolutely watchable he is phenomenal he is so good uh but it also has abigail breslin in it academy award nominated abigail breslin uh from little miss sunshine she is amazing uh this cast (laughs) this cast (laughs) before you ever get to ben frigging kingsley fucking kingsley (laughs) gandhi himself is in it playing razor markham with a full royalty with a full moku um uh, is that the correct term? Tamoko. Tamoko. Thank you. Um, full tamoko. Uh, 
doing doing at times a fairly passable Kiwi accent. Uh, certainly better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's, de- it's, it's, it's decent enough. On IM on IMDb, someone described it as one third Kiwi, one third Australian, one third South African, which is pretty much pretty much how I hear it as well. But I get it. It's a yeah, it's yeah, a hard it's, accent to to get. It's to get very spot tough. On. Even even uh, Hannibal Lecter himself, Anthony yeah. Hopkins, uh, tried yeah, a Kiwi accent. A, his, I think I think Ben Kingsley's is better. It's re- so. it's fine. It's I don't want to I don't want to nickel and dime him on the accent. He's <laughs> I mean, and it was all right. I, I do like how he was talking about the enemy. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 2022. You probably wouldn't get away with casting a non-Maori as as oh, Rackham no. yeah. uh, in 2022. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Macy did in To be fair, as a Kiwi, probably, it was probably eyebrows raised. And he's, he's only, <laughs> yeah, was Cliff Curtis not available? He's, also, he's so. the only. He says his dad was a Maori, so it's. Yeah. Like the accent, he could have grown up in South Africa or Australia. His dad's a Maori, so I mean, it's the future, it's, right? So, so he, he maybe that accent's yeah, more. Yeah, he doesn't have to have a hundred percent authentic Kiwi accent. Um, you could, yeah, you could have had a, a Maori actor play him though. Yeah, yeah, Tamuera Morrison was definitely in, in the states when this movie was being yeah. made. So uh, yeah, there were there were definitely um, you know Maori yeah, actors plenty of, who could have been called up. Plenty. Yeah. They could have tried a little bit harder, but then again, you don't have Gandhi in your movie. So then, yeah, he's on the he's on the poster. Like I say, he's only in the movie for about fifteen minutes. He's like Judy Dench and Shakespeare in Love. She just turns up. He's got about three scenes. Yep, he's on the. He makes the poster. The Moko's pretty. He does make the poster. Pretty pretty impressive. yeah that that makeup is is good like it looks good but, yeah so yeah some serious acting chops holy all shit. throughout yeah, this movie all all throughout just this begging for a giving it their all begging for a, a script <laughs> that they can work with holy shit i i one of my notes here is harrison ford um probably agreed to do this movie but only if he could sit down for 50 percent of his scenes <laughs> like <laughs> it feels don't like make, it feels like he had a run. clause that said don't make me run don't make you know i have to be seated um, for 50 percent of this what if you um, do any and viola davis yeah i'm not doing any stunts don't make me ride a I'm horse doing any wire work <laughs> yeah <laughs> i sit in air-conditioned comfort at all times so um <laughs> uh i felt i felt like um i felt like him and and uh the I just I felt like the 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 entire relationship between Ender and Graf was so manufactured for this. Like it just did not feel adversarial at all. It, uh, ah, Harrison Ford, he just does not play villains well. Um, I, I I I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I have I have a professional quote to my name. I was quoted once in Rolling Stone magazine for slagging off Harrison Ford. <laughs> so. <laughs> In the early days of the internet, I said that Harrison Ford had the acting range of Gumby from Gumby and Pokey. Uh, and that was in relation to Harrison Ford playing the villain in What Lies Beneath. Um, and I love me some Harrison mm. Ford. Uh, but what Harrison Ford does really, really well is, um, you know, Family Man Pushed to the Edge yep. um, or Lovable, Lovable Rogue, Rogue. A, la Han so- yeah, a la Han Solo, Indiana Jones. He just, he, he just doesn't have villain in him it would seem and he's he's played antagonist twice that i can think of yeah. 
um, this and what lies. Who would you who would you have in his place in Ender's game? Michael Ironside, hundred <laughs> percent. Let's get Michael Ironside up in here. That's what this movie needs. It needs a Michael Ironside. It it needs a it needs. Gosh, um, recast this. Put Ben Kingsley in that role. Ben Kingsley would play that hey. role. Um, there's a movie. Hey, um, there is a movie. Yeah. Um, that's that's an interesting casting choice. Um, I think Ben Kingsley would would crush the fuck out of that. Um, get Eddie. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays a great villain. Get Patrick Stewart in there. Oh, get him damn. to play Graf. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just. I, I know why Harrison Ford's here. You need a big marquee name on the on the poster. Um, that's that's probably yeah. what got this movie made. Is oh, we've got Harrison Ford to play um, one of the one of the generals. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you got a, I mean, you got a movie about a bunch of kids. You got one adult, mm. well, a, a core adult role. You cast you cast an A A lister. A lister. I mean, hell, um, flip the script on its side. Uh, gender bend the the um the character because i mean and um graf doesn't need to be a man cast susan sarandon get her in there have her be um vicious have her be the mother he never had be the antithesis to the mother he's got have her be an absolute um awful awful mother um and and leader why not Mm. let's let's have fun with this um anyway um who else is in this gosh so another another quote from the wikipedia is um that um for so he did consider changing um graph to female uh, and recommended a a comic such as janine garofalo or rosie o'donnell oh good gosh no i mean that's just like i can be i can no, not Rosie. Jeanine, I like Jeanine, Rosie O'Donnell. Jeanine Garofalo could do it. Jeanine Garofalo, yeah, sure, I can see that. Yeah, I, I think I think take take someone who looks who who has a bit more of a mothery look to them. Um, uh, Susan, Susan Sarandon, Sarandon would be uh, really good. Yeah, or or uh, Jessica Lange. Um, you know, give mm. her give her that that matronly matronly mm. look. Um, yeah, but both of those actresses, or um, I mean, if you really want to. If you really want to push the boat out, let's get Glenn Close up in this. And um, and now we're talking a movie, so Glenn Close, oof. I think mm. she, I think she would have dominated mm. here. Yeah, she might have been too much of too much domination, but I think that I think in a in a movie that gives us a really neat dynamic, because um, you, you take that you take that mother that mothering because that's what audiences will expect will be a mothering yeah. character, someone that will and and no have her be hard as nails fuck judy dench but i mean there's there's so many choices yeah but yeah i think i think that would have been a better way to go it, well the hindsight of hindsight's 2020 yeah, sure so. on the yeah on yeah. on paper harrison ford looked must have looked great he's yeah he's got, must have looked completely great. got the look yeah and maybe yeah. and maybe with a maybe with different direction with some modulation i i've got to say to i think with, he could have he could have done a bit more I think this movie um, sinks, sinks based on the script yeah. alone, um, and I think this movie and the direction of this movie was uninspired. Yeah. It's- so I think the production design and the effects, um, and um, for the most part, all of those those young actors and actresses, there's not a there's not a dullard amongst them. That perhaps the the weakest performance of all of those kids is the the poor chap playing Bernard because. Um, 
he has to be a bit of a tool at times mm. but um all of those kids are so fucking talented um you could not have hoped for a better young mm. cast of people to to pull this off and i appreciate that although the book says that there should be six and nine between the ages of six and bean i think is five um between the ages of five and 13 i think i think okay for practical filming purposes you can't you can't be filming you can't, five film, year olds. You can't film that no so okay fine we'll make that concession okay there's practicalities of making movies this isn't the 30s um where if you if a couple of the if a couple of the kids die the studio can cover it up um but uh yeah i i just think i just think this lives and dies on the, the director i think this is gavin's gavin's fault yep. that this isn't better yep. yeah which is a real shame but given 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 that one of the films he made before this was uh x-men wolverine which is an awful movie <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing good about that movie um uh x-men um x-men origins wolverine oh my god um that is that is a terrible terrible movie mm. so he and he wrote and directed we've referred to to orson scott card writing some scripts which he did but um the, mm. he said and he said in an interview that the final script was was the director's script yeah so uh, yeah i don't know how gavin so hood, he's res- yeah i don't he's... know what gavin hood did to to deserve to deserve yeah. this but yeah he he hasn't done much since so i think his his last credited um film was in 2016 uh and um oh no i lie so he did eye in the sky in 2015 did he do eye in the sky i love eye in the sky yeah he did eye in the sky i have not seen eye in the sky is it all right is it yeah i really like eye in the sky that's got um yeah it's similar similar theme about um you know morality and war it's about drone strikes right right which this movie which ender's game talks about drones yeah um and the idea of removing removing kids you know removing yourself from the conflict yeah. and i mean there's some there's some themes there so clearly that was think something he came away from ender's game going oh that actually has applications in today's society yeah, eye, eye in the sky really so it's it's drone strikes but then it plays on like the the terrorism uh like fighting t- the war on terror and how terrorists can see a target and just shoot it um where the like the allies fighting against the terrorists they have to get they, they can get a target and then they have to get like five levels of clearance um and and at one point they're trying to get a one of the people that they're, they're trying to get a clearance from is he's got the runs and he's on the he's on the toilet and they're trying to get him on the phone because the target's moving and they're like we need to make this sh- we need to make this shot but we can't do it unless we get clearance from this guy and the, the guys they're trying to get clearance from is on the bog <laughs> oh no <laughs> i see the tension i see here it's the got, tension um... is really really good it's very very clever oh, okay done. well okay well the, the, there you go i i certainly didn't see any of that cleverness in ender's game it feels very formulaic so it, it if he got better he certainly hasn't no. shown it in ender's game or, or x-men that must have been with only two um, years if that was 2015 and this was 2013 yeah uh so that was in um 
so Eye in the Sky was 2015. He does he does um, Ender's Game in 2013. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he had another movie in 2019 called Official Secrets, um, but he has not made a movie since. Interesting. Then. I wonder if Eye in um, the Sky. I wonder if it's a source material thing. Like it was too hard to know how much to stick to the books for Ender's Game. I don't think there was a book for. I don't think Eye in the Sky is based I, on the book. Based on a yeah, I think I we've seen a little bit of this, right? So in the early 2000s when comic films and, and like they really started dipping into... I mean, they've been dipping into books for, for movies for sure. hundreds of years. Um, uh, so I think there's always been that, that criticism that they've taken one idea from the book um, and turned that into a movie. Um, I mean, freaking Die Hard is based on a book. Um, and, but how much of Die Hard is features in the book uh, versus how much it made on the screen is is debatable um they they may have just taken a character and and that they liked and turned that into a film um but i think there's been that that real swing from they take huge liberties with the source material and to make it work in a movie and then so there's been that backlash like you you want you want the concept or you want the cool title mm. or the book recognition, but you don't want to tell the mm. story to getting, especially in the comic realm, right. Um, to where you end up with like being ultra faithful to the source material and, and not leaving any part out, but books and comics are not the same medium as film and television. You can't tell the story in the same way you have to, you have to separate some of those parts out uh, and make some of those parts. Um, some of those parts have to go away because in that transition from ink to blink, they don't work. So I think I think this is probably on the on the cusp of sticking too closely to the source material. That's what it. That's what um, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think about like because I think about the ending, and I think about the ending in the Watchmen movie. They change the ending in the Watchmen movie to the ending in the book. They remove the giant um, alien creature that they created, the starfish, mm. um, the, the the octopus monster, um, and instead create like an energy blast, um, so that people, so people who have read the book, don't necessarily immediately know what the ending is. So it's still a surprise mm. to them. So I, I feel like I feel like the book should have should have the movie maybe that's some some something that the movie should have done as well like i don't know i you can't remember yeah. i haven't read the third book of lord of the rings um return of the king i can't remember how much of how, how closely that sticks to the films and whether there's any surprise left for the audience when they get to return of the king you don't know what you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with with the way the movie came together right it seems like so no. the author wasn't the author was involved how, by how closely he was involved as a producer and that can that can have an influence i think, I think you have to have him on as a producer right mm. so obviously God, he, had a, he had career, a few goes at writing the script yeah as a career like orson scott card clearly decided to live and die on on some of his values he's obviously a very religious person i think he's i think he's mormon mm. um and, and he has some views um uh, that have really ousted him in 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 literary and creative circles um uh, but 
again we we said at the beginning of this podcast might have been off air that there's there's a discussion about how how you can separate the art from the artist um and whether and whether you can whether you can selectively do that like jk rowling has has effectively ruined her her standing with much of her fan base and has become a bit of a um a paragon Mm. of the right Mm. of the far right because of her views um but all the kids that grew up with her stuff now have to sit down and wonder whether or not they need to support Harry Potter material anymore. It, I mean, it, for them, it's their Star Wars. It's mm. their, yeah. their, their, their thing to our Star Wars, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, or, you know, Ro- Roman Polanski, I think you and I have both watched Chinatown mm-hmm. and we both greatly enjoy Chinatown. But whenever I watch Chinatown, I think to myself, yeah, he's a he's a rapist. Mm. So, yeah, and, and yeah, then that, that extends the, the the people who supported him as well, people who petitioned yeah. to to have him allowed to make movies <laughs> to and come to home. appear at, at award ceremonies and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, I I could be wrong, um, but I think I think when he won the Oscar for the pianist, uh, which I haven't actually seen um kurt russell um very defiantly didn't stand up and applaud and the camera cuts to kurt russell literally with his arms folded uh, at the Mm. oscars so kurt russell clearly somebody in hollywood who has some principles that he's willing to stand and die Mm. on so anyway i don't know how you separate the art from the artist mike i think that's a question that we'll be having a question that will not quite have an answer for quite a while to come tough. yet tough. um it's a tough one yeah so probably probably think, beyond Mike? our beyond our remit <laughs> we might we might be out of our element uh all i can say is um orson's got card garbage fire of a person um but uh the books particularly ender's game phenomenal uh, and its sequels um if you read the sequels thinking you're getting more battle school you'll be dis- bitterly disappointed mm. but if you want to be challenged on the nature of what is consciousness and intelligence and and alien and 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 potential for meeting alien species what a series mm. <laughs> they are they are really thought-provoking so much so i have often said to people that if i die uh, i would rather than um someone come along and talk about all the, the, the made up version of me that people would like to remember I would rather uh, an Andrew Wiggin style speaker of the dead come along and tell the, the warts and all truth because that's who I was mm. um, rather than this glamorized version of death uh, I think there's, there's, there's something to that mm. um, yep. anyway as a, garbage fire yep. person as a, as, a, as a movie Ender's Game it is definitely uh, wallowing in mediocrity more, oh, more than it so is disappointingly. on greatness. Just read the book. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to read the book again. Um, I've read it at least twice. It makes me want to watch Starship um, Troopers so. again. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Should I love that movie? Would you like to know more? <laughs> oh, I would. I would, Craig. My, my favorite part of Starship Troopers is um, like the, the news, the, the little news beats which which are lifted right from robocop right so it's the same it's the same director same screenwriter um and uh the the news beat sections and how they lift those forward do you want to know more and um they've got that shot of like um of everyone dismembered and like you know fort whatever it is overrun by um the bugs and um 
and then it cut then it cuts to a shot of a bug in a cage and they're 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 either shooting the bug or they're like they're they're cutting a leg off but then it gets the censored box put over (laughs) the bug but literally the shot before was dismembered humans everywhere and i I just love that (laughs) it's like yes so much when they're when they're signing up and the guy's taking their papers and he says i'm going to be in the infantry and he says good on you infantry made me the man it made me the man i am today he's He's missing missing legs and an arm arm. so good oh so good i love the dear john neil i love the dear john letter as well um neil patrick harris neil patrick harris is like jake busey is in it denise richards denise richards oh so good um and what's what's rico uh rico i forget the actor's name um, casper van dien but just just casper van dien what a beautiful beautiful man um <laughs> gorgeous <laughs> i love i love the nazi uniforms i love like they're all dressed up like ss officers it's just like you could not be leaning any harder into that neo-fascism and it's like this is what happens when the nazis win mm-hmm. so um and, yeah and so, michael so ironside is there it's just great. oh michael ironside oh michael ironside so he was a big fan so he did a couple of films with uh um paul Paul verhoeven Verhoeven. he did uh yeah he did uh total recall so he's the villain in total recall um he plays richter which gives me my favorite arnie quote of all time is see you at the party richter (laughs) Uh, as he throws his arms over the edge of the 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 elevator it's like so good (laughs) amazing amazing all right yeah, i love it we should wrap, so we should wrap this up before we before we keep talking about starship troopers for another hour and a half thank you everybody uh, i think we should just do starship thank troopers. you everybody for listening um uh yeah if you'd uh like to uh hear more of our of our podcast go check out our back catalog. would you like to know we more if you'd like to if yeah. you would like to know more about other movies that are just check out our greatness. back catalog um yeah check out check out what we got um and if you'd like to suggest us a movie hit us up on the socials uh, if you if you think there's a movie that is, I mean, if if Twitter still exists, yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, it's who knows. It's twentieth of November, twenty twenty two, in in another week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Twitter may no Twitter, longer exist. Twitter who be, knows? Twitter could be dead. Find me on Facebook. Don't, don't find us on yeah. Twitter. Um, yeah, and thanks for thanks for listening. Thank you, Craig. Good to talk to Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Um, and always yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. See you next time, folks. Bye.